0: We're going to do something uh, a little bit different uh, this morning for those of you that normally come to this church week in, week eight. Um, I'll explain it, what we're going to do in a moment. And you'll see a, a mound of stones over here, uh, um, on, which is left over from the first service. We're going to, I'll help you through that uh, in a moment. Um, but you know, this is the, um, the last Sunday that we're kind of together as a, as a worship service uh, this year. And I don't know about you, but as I'm getting older, I don't know if anyone else identifies with me. Doesn't Christmas come round so much quicker than it used to? Am I the only one? That, that's that? this like, what is that about? It was only 20 minutes ago since last Christmas in my head. And I think that's, you know, I remember someone once saying that, you know, getting older is a little bit like a toilet roll. Like the nearer you get to the end, the faster it goes. You ever noticed that, okay? And, and it definitely happens that as, you, as, you are, as you're getting older, it's like the time's going quicker. And the other thing that happens when you get older is that you do forget things a lot more, don't you? Is there anyone else out there? Just me, okay? Forgetting things all the time. And I know there's a serious side to that, but, but there's a fun side as well. And what I, what I want to say this morning is kind of encapsulated in this phrase, and I've used this phrase for a long time. So some of you have heard me say this a lot. I just can't remember what it is. Now I do. And the phrase is this, we forget what we should remember and we remember what we should forget. Often as people, we forget what we should remember and we remember what we should forget. And at the end of a year, before we head into another year in a couple of weeks time, I want us to think about what are some of the things that we should be remembering as we go forward together. And to help us and to give us a framework for that, I want to tell you a story this morning. This is a story that's well known to most of you, if not all of you. But this is a story about a whole nation of people. And this whole nation of people were in slavery. And you heard tragically on, 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 the, on the media there that that's still a common issue, okay? All across our planet, right on our own doorstep. We need to think and pray and, and be involved in all of that. But this whole nation were in slavery in a country for 400 years, Okay? And they all believed in God and they cried out to God. And God eventually raised up someone, a leader called Moses, who led them out of that slavery by crossing a sea. And then they went into what's called the wilderness. And it should have only taken them 11 days to get to where God wanted them to be. But it took them, for a whole host of reasons, 40 years. So when they finally came to the place where God wanted them to be, they had another bit of water to cross, which was this time not a sea, but a river in flood called the River Jordan. And when they crossed the River Jordan, they were finally where God wanted them to be after all these years. And you'd think that at that point, they just head on into the Promised Land and straight on to their next battle, their next challenge, their next adventure, which for them was a city called Jericho and a battle that they had at Jericho, a very famous one. But God didn't allow them to do that. God stopped them right there at the Jordan. He said, before you move on, there's some stuff we need to do right here at the River Jordan. So before you think about moving on, forwards, going forwards, we need to stop because there are some things that you need to remember. Like that moment. Can you remember that moment, if you're a parent, when you sent your kid off to school for the first time? Anyone remember that? It's been a long time ago for some of us, I know that. But can you remember when they're all packed up and they've got their little bag packed and they've got their little uniform on and everything's you know, all just perfect and you've taken the picture and then you send them off. Now I, also, I remember that time and I also remember the time when our eldest son went to university for the first time. And he's got all his little bag packed up, and it's all that, and we send him off. Now, what happens at that point, what happens at that point is that before they go out the door, or before you let them go, you sit them down, and you tell them some things. You want them to remember some things. So when they're a little kid, and they're five, you say, will want you to remember, okay, mommy and daddy love you, okay, and we're going to be here, and it's all going to be all right, and blah, 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 blah. When they go to uni, don't drink too much, <laughs> all right? Don't look after your money. And the conversation's different. But basically, you tell them to remember certain things before they head out. That's exactly what God did with the nation of Israel right here at the River Jordan. We're going to read it together in Joshua chapter 4. It says this. So Joshua called together the 12 men he'd appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. You see, basically God said, before you go on, before you move on into the next challenge, the next battle, the next adventure, we're going to do a couple of things. The first thing is, we're going to build a monument of stones. That's going to be to remind ourselves so that we remember what God has done in our lives. Then in a few verses later in chapter 5, he then says, the other thing we're going to do is all the men... All the men are going to get circumcised. Because that's going to be to remind ourselves who we belong to. Okay, It's a sign of devotion. So I'm pleased to announce today that we're only going to do one of those two things. And to help us with that, the stewards have knives. So if you could just come... Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. My goodness sake. And and what we're going to do is that we're going to remember what God has done in this past year. Now, if you're not a Christian this morning, can I just say to you, you are really welcome here. We love it here when people from all different faiths or no faith come and spend time with us. And I want to say you are involved in this as well. You may not even believe in God, but you know what? The power of gratitude and thankfulness is an incredibly important thing. And if you can think back over this year of one thing that you are grateful and thankful for, then that's the stone that you're going to mark down or we're going to invite you to mark down this morning. Because before we head on to the future, it's really important to remember what has happened in our past and if you are a follower of Christ this morning, if you are a Jesus follower, why is it important to pause and to remember and to thank God? Firstly, it builds faith. You see, what happened is that when we take a stone okay, and when we, when we remind ourselves of something, what we do with this is that when we mark it, it's like we create a trophy room. And it's like we put another trophy on the shelf in the trophy room. And it's a trophy of what God has done in our life. And it's something that when the going gets tough in the future, which it will do, we can go back to the trophy room and we can remind ourselves what God has done. And it can build faith within us. It's a bit like when David, you know that guy David, when he fought Goliath. Before he fought Goliath, he recalled to his memory the fact that God had helped him to defeat and to kill the lion and the bear. It was like before he faced this big giant, he went into his trophy room and he saw the trophy. God help me kill the lion. God help me kill the bear. God will certainly help me with the giant called Goliath. So it builds faith. Secondly, it keeps us humble and dependent. You know, when I look in my trophy room, if you like, I remind myself that all these trophies there aren't my trophies. They're God's. They're things that God has done in my life. They're things that God has put in my life. And I say, Do you know what? I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for God. But it also provides us with a narrative for the future. It provides us with a story that we can communicate to our children and to our children's children. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 4, Be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children. You were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God. Besides him, there is no other. And I don't know whether you realise this, guys. And if you are part of this church and you've got kids in this church, I hope you realise that what's happened the last 16 weeks since the fire is part of our story now. And it's also part of our kids' story. And I have faith to believe that our kids are going to tell their kids about what God has done through this season. And we're not finished yet with the story. There's so much more to do. But it's part of the narrative. And that's why God says so often in the Bible, remember. Remember, remember where you've come from. Remember what God did so that you've got something to tell your children. And so, what I want you to do this morning is that in a few moments, I'm going to invite us all to be part of an activity. It's a response, it's a reflective activity. And if you've never done anything like this before, it's not scary or spooky or weird, all right? I know we've got stones, but we're not going to go all druidy or anything like that, okay? So, don't worry. It's just a kind of a reflective activity. Where, and as I'm speaking, I want you to think back over 2015 and think about something that you are grateful and thankful for. Or think about something that God has done in your life, which is like a trophy. Not your trophy, but His. He has done this in your life over 2015. And as you think about that, I want to take us on a little journey as a community. What are some of the highlights for us as a community over this past year? What are the defining moments for us? We began 2015 in a real mood of celebration and expectation. Just at the back end of 2014, we had our 35th anniversary, celebrated it with the community. Do you remember that? You remember the balloons, the 500 or so balloons that were let off in the air? amazing time. We also then, you as a church community, you pledged and gave a million pounds to the refurbishment of, of our building. The one that burnt down over there, which is amazing, Breathtaking. And then soon, it wasn't long that we started the year, that we started hearing great stories of life transformation. We've seen more visitors come to the church than ever in our history. More and more people every week, new people coming to church. Brilliant. We began to hear stories of life change, baptism stories, and media stories that we started communicating. We had some great teaching series like Ask It and Aha! and Jesus Is and Church Is and The Voice and Mr. Men. Great teaching series. We ran our first iGrow conference weekend back in March, planning to do a couple like that next year as well. We invested a lot locally and overseas. We were able to raise money and send a team out to South Africa to build a well in a community out there. We had an inspiring Easter weekend where we put more effort and intention into the celebration of Easter and saw God do some great things. And then, of course, on August the 30th came the fire. And, you know, I don't want to keep going on about the fire, but it is true that God has spoken to us a lot, I think, through the fire. I'm not saying he caused it, but through the fire, God has really spoken a lot to us. In fact, the phrase we've been using is the building burned down, but the people caught on fire. And we've seen God do some great things. Folks, it has only been 16 weeks. 16 weeks and to transform this building and to only miss one Sunday and to see God do things that we've never seen him do before. Never seen as many people through on a Sunday as we saw last last week is absolutely breathtaking in 16 weeks. And I, I and the elders and the staff, we want to say a massive thank you to all of you. For your investment, for your prayers, for your giving, for your serving, for the way you've pulled together, you've been absolutely fantastic. It's reminded me that I get the privilege to lead the best church on the planet, which is this church, okay? And we are just so grateful to all of you for that. In fact, we're so grateful that we want to say thank you in an incredibly generous way by after the service, through there is going to be a mince pie for you. How generous is that, okay? Well, we're gonna have coffee and tea and mince pie together. It's one of the things that we've not been able to do since the fire, okay? And now we want to begin to bring that in. So we're gonna do that after the service this morning. But you know, we have seen in the last few weeks the power of generosity at work. We've seen the power of community at work as we pull together. We've also seen the power of God at work, lives being changed. And as I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking, what are my personal highlights in 2015 and what are my corporate highlights in 2015? And I have to say, and I have asked his permission to say this. Um, my personal highlight is early in February, uh, seeing my son Josh get baptised. And uh, on that day, when when Josh, it's not easy being a pastor's kid, okay, being raised up in church is not easy. Okay, with all that pressure and expectation and seeing Josh get baptized. Then on the same day, he was baptized in the morning. We drove down to Northampton to see him graduate from university. And there was a moment, a a little fleeting moment a couple of years ago when we weren't quite sure he was going to do either. But there you go. And we saw both on the same day, which was fantastic. A real personal highlight. And then as a corporate highlight, I think back to Easter. Christmas, I love Christmas, love what we do at Christmas. But Easter for me was a real highlight because we put a lot of effort and intention into Easter that we don't normally do. And we saw God do some great things over the Easter weekend. But then when I think about the fire and I think about the way that we as a church have embraced the challenge of that, and not just embraced the challenge, but we refused to get inward looking. We were committed to reaching out. We were committed to staying outward focused, community focused, even though we'd had a fire that burnt down our building. Breathtaking, guys. Absolutely amazing. And then I want to tell you a few stories, actually, that have happened this year. We had an instance on one Sunday, and this was so touching and so moving that... um, a fella, a young, young man with um, learning disabilities that was uh, in residential care and, and, and was back in the area making a home visit. And it had all gone wrong on one Sunday morning and, and, and he, he had to leave the house and he was on his own and he was wandering around the streets and very, very distressed and very upset. And and as as the first service headed out here, he he was outside the church here. And some of our ladies looked after him and Alison and others uh, and helped him. And we we made phone calls and we helped him get back to to the area where he was living, which is a long way out of here. And uh, he sent us a a card in that week saying, thank you to everyone at the Christian Center for looking after me. But, you know, the real bit about the story wasn't just that. But when we found out what actually happened, this lad was wandering around the streets, very, very distressed, very upset. Went to the police station, couldn't find anybody there. Then a member of the public stopped him, asked him what was the matter. He said, what was the matter? The member of the public, who we don't know who it was, he said this. You want to go to that church over there? They'll help you. When I heard that story, I thought, thank you, God. That's breathtaking, isn't it? That a member of the public might not be a Christian. knows go to that church and they'll help you. It's fantastic. We've heard great stories this week about people who've given their life to Jesus You know, just just recently we baptized a whole load of people, nine people. Three of them, I think, had never really been in that building before. They met Jesus in the few weeks that we've been here. Fantastic. But, you know, as we look forward to 2016, what about the future? What are some of the Jerichos, some of the battles, some of the challenges for us as a church going forward? Well, let me tell you one. One is the building challenge. Okay, and I want to just update you here, guys, on this. As you, you remember, the fire on August the 30th It's now been 16 weeks All the building is sealed up. Uh, The fire caused asbestos to break out, so there's contamination around all of the building on both floors. And we haven't been able to go in. And the reason we haven't been able to go in is that even though the insurance company accepted liability, okay, which we told you about, since then, there's been a technicality, an insurance legal technicality, that they've been putting on the table, which has got so difficult and so challenging for us that up until a week last Wednesday, it looked like we were going to have to get legal. It's been very challenging, very demanding. And what it's meant is that we haven't been able to do anything because we've got to get this thing sorted. But a week on Wednesday, as we prayed and as we gathered and whatever, then we went to a meeting in the afternoon. We thought we'll, we'll try one more time okay, and to get this off the table. In the afternoon, the insurance company contacted us to say, They're going to take it off the table and that's out the way, which is great news, fantastic news. That means that in early January, we can get into the building, begin to assess the damage and then begin to negotiate a settlement. So that's great. So we've got some challenges with the building. But I think our bigger challenge in 2016 is what I call the real building challenge. You see, the real building challenge is not bricks and mortars. The real building challenge is you and me. Because one of my observations is this. In the first six weeks after the fire... It was really demanding physically and it was really demanding emotionally. But you know what? It was a dream working with people in that six weeks. Nobody fell out with each other. No musicians had any histrionics. No technical guys lost their heads. Nobody criticised about anything. Nobody had any pastoral problems in that first six weeks after the fire. You know that? It was just brilliant. No marriages were in trouble. Everybody was great. Everybody loved each other. It was fantastic. Then week seven... (laughs) And then it changed a little bit because we're normal and it kind of went back to normal life. You see, one of the biggest challenges is not building a building, but it's the building that God wants to do in us. And that's always the bigger challenge and it's always the more important challenge. You see, getting people, the people of Israel out of Egypt was easy compared to getting Egypt out of the people of Israel. And one of our challenges going forward to a new year is how do we continue to grow? We are not meant to stay in the wilderness, guys. We're meant to go into the promised land. And that's not about geography. It's about what God is doing inside of us. How do we as Christians, how do we as a community keep growing and keep moving forward? And there are a few things that we want to do in the new year to help you with that. Firstly, we want to have a week of prayer. From January the 12th to the 19th, we'll talk more about it in the next few weeks. We're going to give you some devotion and stuff yourself. Uh, we're going to gather together on the Tuesday night, the 12th, for an encounter prayer gathering. Then there'll be some other opportunities for prayer for healing and other things that will run through that week. On January the 10th, we start a new teaching series called The New You, Becoming the Person You Were Meant to Be. And I'm going to take a look at some really big issues in our culture. You know, there's a real big drive to be healthy and to be happy and, and to be all of these things. And I'm going to look at those issues issues, but look at them from what the Bible says, which I think gives us so much better practical and more inspirational, transformational help than what we can get in some of these things that we see out there. And then on the 23rd of January, we're going to run again, something we've run called the Personal MOT. All right, it's not a quick fit or anything like that. We're not going to put you up on a ramp or anything. This is about looking back over 2015 Uh, What are some of your highlights? What are some of the challenges? What are some of the experiences you've been through? And then we're going to help you to look at that and to bring that to God and then begin to look at 2016. Begin to dream. Begin to pray. Begin to say, what is God saying to you about the future? We run it on a Saturday morning from 9 till 12. You can sign up for it this morning. There'll be some facilitators. We've run it for two years now. It's been a brilliant event and we've had so much fantastic feedback. So that's what's coming up. But before we do any of that, We are going to pause at our River Jordan and we are going to thank God for what he has done in the past. So I want to invite the band to come back. And what we're going to do this morning, folks, is that there are three buckets around here. There's one over there. There's one here and there's one here. And we're going to invite you as we sing a song together. And I'll explain the song in a moment. We're going to invite you to come and to take a stone. And if you are thankful or grateful for something, or if there's something that God has done in your life over this year, and for you, it's like a trophy, I'm going to ask you to come and to take it and to place it on that mound to add to all those other stones that people have already added this morning. And it's just a way of us this morning saying, God, that's my marker. That's my monument. That's the trophy that I've put in that room. That's the thing that I'm going to hold on to. That as I head towards 2016, as I face my next Jericho, I'm going to build faith when I remind myself what you've done in the past because the God who is faithful yesterday is the same God who's faithful today. He's the same God who will be faithful tomorrow. And we're going to sing this great worship song that we love so much here. And, and, and the title of the song is 10,000 Reasons. It's like, God, I've got like 10,000 reasons to thank you for. I'm asking you this morning to just think of one, okay? Just think of one. And then I'm going to invite you as we sing to come, to take a stone, and to add it to the bar, You know, if you're not a Christian this morning, if you've got something that you're thankful and grateful for, then you participate as well. Because actually, thankfulness and gratitude is such a powerful dynamic. It really is. And I know there'll be lots of you and you'll be struggling as you come up to Christmas and you'll be thinking of loved ones that you've lost. Some of you are not in your home country and you're here. Some of you have challenges at work and challenges relationally and all of that. And I understand that. But in the midst of that, is there something you're thankful for? Is there something you're grateful for? Because when we name it and when we put it down as a marker, when we remind ourselves of it, it builds faith in us. It becomes a trophy in our trophy room. Something that in the future we can go back to and we can you know, look at that trophy on the shelf and say, "That God, you did that. You did that in my life. And you are the same God then as you are now so it can build faith as we go forward together. So why don't we stand together? Can I invite you to stand? And I'm going to pray. And then as Gemma and the band lead us in this song, I'm going to invite you to come. Please don't all come at the same time, all right? We've got some time this morning. We've got plenty of time. Again, there's a bucket over there. Guys, there's a bucket here. There's a bucket there. You can come grab a stone, head over to the to the mound, place it on there. And let's just create a kind of a trophy room today, a monument, a milestone, a marker of God's faithfulness to us. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you. that You are such an amazing God. You are such a faithful God. And Lord, this morning as we, and this kind of sacred act, if you like, create some sacred space this morning. As we look back over this year and we want to say, hey, we are thankful and grateful for this. God, thank you for doing this in our lives. God, as we put that marker down, Lord, may it build faith and may it propel us forward into the future.